0: We're going to get a chance. We just wrapped up our series on the life and ministry of Jesus. Um, and I want to, I love testimony, right? When we did that week, uh, if you remember at the start of the year, we did the week on evangelism. I challenged you guys, to pray for open doors. And then that next Sunday, we had people stand up here and they, had, they shared their testimony of what happened when they prayed for open doors. And so we just came out of a series on Jesus' life, His ministry, who Jesus is. And we saw that Jesus, some of the things I want to remind you of that we looked at over and over again in the life of Jesus, that He forgives, that He redeems, that He restores, that He transforms. And then this morning we sang songs, and Matt and I did not coordinate this, but the Holy Spirit is always moving beyond Matt and I. We saying god you do great things we saying i see evidence of your goodness we saying i see your kindness makes us whole and we saying i wasn't created to bear this alone and so this morning we get a chance to hear just a testimony that is evidence of God's goodness. We get to hear a testimony that is evidence of God doing great things. And I want this to be an encouragement to the church because I think there's times where we see what Jesus did in the Old Testament and we see what Jesus, and I said deliberately in the Old Testament, we'll look at that next week, but we see what Jesus did in the Old Testament, we see what Jesus did in the New Testament, and there's this temptation to wonder, is he still moving? Does Jesus still do great things? Does Jesus still do incredible things? And this testimony this morning is evidence that Jesus is still doing great things. So we're gonna get a chance to hear uh, Kyle and Audrey's story. They're gonna share a little bit. I have some questions for them. And I just, I want this to be a reminder coming out of a series on the life of Jesus that this is who he is. It's not just who he was for the people in that time, but Jesus forgives today, Jesus redeems today, Jesus restores today, and Jesus transforms today. So guys, thank you, I'm, I, I love this. This stuff makes me excited. Um, not, <laughs> Kyle, not as excited as me, that's okay. Um, but yeah, so why don't you go ahead and, and share the, the start of your story for us.
1: All right, well, I'm gonna read this first part. There's a lot of details, and I'm gonna try and hit as much as I can. We could sit here and talk for hours and hours and hours, but um, we're gonna give you the, the uh, cliff notes today. <laughs> um, we met. And started dating in high school, uh, my senior year and Audrey's junior year. Uh, we clicked very fast and we had so much in common. Both loved sports, came from a Christian homes. In fact, we were both third of seven children. Um, after dating for a few years, we got married in the summer before Audrey's junior year of college. At this point, I was working crazy hours in Columbus and she was going to school at Mount Vernon Nazarene. We decided to live in Sunbury as it was halfway for both of us. She was studying psychology, working part time, and playing volleyball. I was working my normal 40-hour weeks, uh, with being on call, working a lot through the night. At that time, this um, this is what you did when you were young and could do anything, and because we loved each other, we were going to make it. it. The world was was ours for the taking. Um, needless to say, we didn't put a lot into our early years of our marriage for the foundation for the foundation. Uh, Fast forward a few years, we moved back to Mansfield. Audrey was working full-time, and I was commuting to Columbus working three 12-hour shifts at night. Still not seeing each other much and not putting time into the foundation of our marriage. We had Landon and Jackson. Were we ready for this? No. (laughs) Uh, Was our faith deeply rooted in God? We thought yes, but no. Um, Was there, yes, we were Christians, and we were active in our church, um, but we were still taking our life in our own hands rather than truly relying on God to take the reins. Audrey was a great mom and a supporting wife, but still working a crazy schedule. I was finding attention elsewhere while Audrey, Audrey's main attention was on raising our boys. I was straying from God, our family and Audrey. I was not looking to refocus on any of those things i was done i didn't care anymore i had spent most of my life trying to make everyone else around me happy i was always seeking approval from others and not focusing on the importance of the only true approval that is needed and that is god i made the decision that it was over for me and audrey even though we went to counseling together even though we had our families trying their hardest to help in any way they could think of Audrey desperately wanted to work thing, work on things. I was tired. I was giving up. I loved our boys deeply, but I didn't feel it was fair for them to be in a home where their dad didn't love their mom anymore. After the divorce and a few years later, still not getting along and always arguing, I was facing the possibility of going back to court and not being able to see my boys on a regular basis. Needless to say, I hit rock bottom.
0: Thank you. I mean, again, thank you very much for your transparency and your willingness to share. And Jesus redeems this story. But, you know, even in, as Kyle, as you and I talked leading up to this, as the three of us talked leading up to this, you know, something you said stood out. And I want to um, I want to make sure that we, we caught it. They took it for granted. They took depth for granted. They took depth of relationship with God for granted. Oh, because we attend church, because we go through the external motions, the internal depth, it, it has to be there, right? I mean, that's fair as we were talking about it. And same thing with the marriage. And so now as we move into the part of the story that makes me way more excited and the part I, I love talking about more, I want you to listen for a couple themes. So, so have that question in mind of taking it for granted. Are, are, we're all in danger of taking things for granted we're all in danger of assuming that depth with God will just come without effort, right? Like, I don't have to put anything into my fellowship with God as long as I show up on Sunday morning, as long as I, you know, serve in the kids' wing once a month, Things will get better. Things will grow. I don't have to put effort into my marriage. I don't have to pursue my wife. I don't have to invest in our family relationships, right? Maybe you're sitting here and you're not married. Maybe you're too young to be married. Maybe a spouse has passed. Whatever the situation is, you're thinking, this doesn't apply to me. No, it does. Relationships. Do we take relationships for granted within our lives. But now as we hear the turning point, so Kyle just said he hit rock bottom. But now I want you to listen for God transforming. I want you to listen for God using grief and loss and pain to grow us. I want you to listen for God's faithfulness and God's goodness. Because Kyle, when you when you hit rock bottom, so what? And if you want to go back and read the next part of it, uh, you know certainly can. But I love what happens next because there was a, you know, we we introduced this idea of we want a culture of relentless pursuit. And we talked about things that that will require, that will require honesty, that will require commitment, that will require intentionality. And we start to see this in your story at this point. So where do things go from rock bottom?
1: So at that point, um, me and Audrey met with uh, a local pastor that we both knew. Um, And I looked at her and I said, I'm done fighting. I'm not gonna fight anymore. And I'm not going to be the guy that I've been. Was I trying to win her back? No. We were both in, or she was in a serious relationship at that point, and I wasn't looking to win her back or, you know, try to get what we had back. I just wanted peace between us for our voice. That was my main goal in that. Of, um, I was tired. I was done. It's exhausting, fighting and arguing. not seeing eye to eye on trying to raise two boys. Um, so I looked at her and I, I, I told her that and she was burning a hole in the back of my skull, and not believing a word I was saying. Um, and I had no reason for her, her trust at that point. Um, but I told her, give it time, you will see that I'm going to change and I'm done fighting.
0: I, I love, and Audrey, we'll get a chance for you to chime in here too because you said something related to this but pay attention what he just said about it's not going to be immediate right it's going to take time but there's going to be change because he was done and so audrey you know talk to us so he's saying this you've obviously this has been painful for you grievous for you um but you said something when we met and you said you would have sunk much more quickly if you didn't have the church people around you and some of the lessons that they were sharing with you. And then you also made the point of there were days that you said, I can't do it today. And you said that change isn't immediate. But talk to us about where God was for you in all of this and and where the church family was for you in all of this.
2: Hello? Is it on? Yeah. Um, So, you know, part of when Kyle was saying we met with that pastor and he was saying, you know, I don't want to fight anymore, and what he actually said then was, you know, what do I have to do to earn your trust back, and it was like, boom, you know, and I just gave him this huge, big, long kind of uh, fairy tale list of here's all the things I need you to do, and I didn't even have to think about it because I knew them, you know, and we didn't write it down, Um, I didn't even really think he cared or heard at that point, like he said, I really had no reason to think that he did, and it was about a year later when he came back and and he said, hey, remember that list? Checked all the boxes. And I was like, oh gosh, you know I hadn't been keeping track. Um, I had just been walking day by day and minute by minute, you know, hour by hour. And when we talked with Sam, you know, I said, "There's no way I'd be where I am, or our boys would be where they are, or we would be where we are if I hadn't had the body holding me up." My family—we both had great support systems. The difference was, I really leaned in. And let them hold me. I let them guide me. I let them pray and cover me in prayer. And Kyle was really busy pushing everyone away. Um, So I think that's kind of a key difference in how we were walking at that time. Um, You know, it was a huge verse for me. My mom always says, you know, pray for a verse and a song, a verse and a song for each thing you're going through. And the verse, And I'd say even still now, like, my overarching life verse is our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers of the darkness, the principalities. It's good versus evil. It's light versus dark. It wasn't Kyle versus Audrey. Um, It was the Holy Spirit. It was God. It was eternal life versus hell versus the darkness, the demons. And so, you know, when we talked to Sam and and we talked about it a lot, for me at that time, I would have, I would have fallen into a dark hole had I not viewed the interactions as this is good versus evil. This is not Kyle. I'm not fighting Kyle. Yes, we were fighting, but it was it was deeper than that. It was an eternal it was a fight for our souls, you know, it's a fight for our hearts, a fight for our children, a fight for our families. And so um, you know, and that's where CM says, like, this is not just this situation, that's us always. We use that perspective in every relationship, at work, at home, at school, at church, you know, um, looking at things, it's the spiritual realm that's surrounding us. We can't see it, but it's there and it's real. And that's what we were just in thick of that, you know. We were right in the middle of that. So for me, in all of that, there's no way I would have made it out alive if I hadn't leaned into the body, if I hadn't continued to ask for help on those days when I'd wake up and I'd look at my mom, I'd say, "I don't know what to do next." And she'd say, "Okay, we're gonna do the next thing. We're gonna get up. You know, we're gonna brush our teeth, wash our hair. We're gonna get the boys breakfast, and then we're gonna pray, and we're gonna see what's next." You know, it's it's minute by minute, it's step by step. It's not you can't look at forever. Forever is overwhelming. If I had looked at forever in the middle of that, I probably would have just shut the door and said, "No thanks." Um, you know, it's too hard. But can I look at right now? Yes. Can I look at, can I claim victory? We know the ending. God wins. It's not a surprise. We know that. But to claim that and to stand on that and to really own that is what, I guess, was the only way I was able to see past the right now and the fight of flesh, you know, in front of me. And to see there's more here. There's, there's a bigger fight happening.
0: You also said something, you said, without this, as painful as it was, you said, without this, I wouldn't have known God is good. And you shared a specific story about when the boys had a fever. Um, Would you mind sharing that and and just what he said to you and reminded you in that moment?
2: Um, It's kind of cliche to say, you know, without the hard stuff, I wouldn't be where I am. But holy cow, it's so true. Without the horrible, awful, gut-wrenching grief and on my face, crying. I wouldn't be where I am. I wouldn't know God in the way that I know him. There was this, um, I mean, there's like a million things that we could both go back and say, I saw that here, I saw that here, I saw that here. This prayer was answered, but just one specifically. um, Landon and Jackson were little. I mean, they were one and two, maybe one and two and a half. They were both very, very sick and with croup and um, respiratory, you know, they had fevers and coughing, and so I had... I was home alone. I, I was living alone. And I went in the bathroom, you know, to say turn on the hot shower. The steam will help them relax their airways. So I have the door shut. It's nighttime. It's dark outside. They're both crying. I'm sweating because it's steamy in the bathroom, you know, and I'm praying like, God, I can't do this. I cannot raise these boys. I can't do this. I just can't. And um, I need help. I'm done. I can't do this. And. In that moment, I heard very audible, an audible voice where I I looked around and I heard, I am with you. You know, and I'm holding two, they're babies, one and two. You know, they're little, they're crying, it's hot, it's steamy, and I'm like, I'm with you, who's here? You know, I'm looking around and then I heard it again, but instead of just a sentence, it was, I am with you. And then it was, I am with you. And I am with you. So each word emphasized changed the meaning of that sentence. And it was the voice of God meeting me in the bathroom with my crying babies. They were still. They were relaxed. They were calm. I was still sweating. And then I was the one crying, you know. But, um, you know, without, would I ever have a chance to hear God's voice? I don't know. Maybe. I pray I hear it again. I mean, that would be really cool to hear him. But if I hadn't had that moment, I wouldn't have had that chance to hear to feel
0: to know God is real and he's with me. Um. Yeah, I love it. I love, I mean, when, and I feel a little bit guilty being more privileged than you guys that I've had to have multiple conversations in here, but just hearing how God is moving in this. So even in this pain, even in this time when the rest of the world would have looked at their situation and said, you know, Audrey, you have every right to just wash your hands of him, be done with Kyle, be done with God. Like, nope, you've been dealt a bad hand, move on. God is working in Audrey's life and, and God is calling her deeper to him and frequently using your mom, your family, your church family. The same thing is going on with you at this point. Talk to us about, pick back up. So Audrey mentioned two things, that God is transforming her and taking her deeper and God was frequently using people in his life. God also started tearing down some of your resistance to meeting with people. And you know, you said. One of the things you were done fighting was, I'm done pushing. You know, you made the point that I had people alongside me from the get-go trying to love me and be there, but I pushed them away. But one of the things you were done fighting was, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop fighting the people that God has put in my life. So what happened when that wall started to come down?
1: So I wasn't in church for about two years. Um, did I believe in God? Yeah, I grew up a Christian. I wasn't living that life. But I believed God. I wasn't opposed to worshiping God I was opposed to the people in the church who I felt very much judged by um, and that hurt so I wasn't in church. Um, Then I ran into Dan Richter and uh, we had a conversation and um, I I was one of his kids that he would call it um, from his youth pastor days and uh, so he said hey where are you going to church? Well I'm not. Well why don't you come Help out with worship here at a community, so I gave it a shot, um, thinking you know what we'll see how it goes. always kind of like, Dan, we have a love hate relationship <laughs> we we uh rub heads a lot but uh but I do truly love love him um so I came and it was the first time that I had visited any church in our area um, that I didn't know anybody and that was great <laughs> I had uh no prejudgmental uh, feelings, <laughs> uh, feeling against me, I guess I should say. Uh, but going to Mansfield Christian and being in a lot of youth groups, I knew a lot of people in church. Um, so um, I remember sitting in the back during his sermons. Cause he well, had,
0: not just in the back, he, he shared this little detail. You wouldn't even sit in the seats. Where in no, the back was were you sitting? I was literally setting? on
1: the back wall because it was dark during the sermons at that point. And I didn't want to be even in the chairs. I, and Dan had the balcony closed off. So I literally sat on the floor in the back. Um, it was my safe area. Um, and God just slowly started working on my heart. Um, the people here just really welcomed me in with not knowing me at all. Um, it was, it was safe here and comfortable. Uh, and then Dan opened up, well, no, before Dan opened up the balcony, I'd crawl over the the line and walk up there so I got as far as I could away from from everybody here um, but God started started that process over very slowly which is what I needed at that point
0: point. and then you had a hard conversation with Dan you guys he had you fill out a questionnaire you and Audrey both
1: backtrack a little bit. backtrack a little so, bit okay. so catch us up to that spot there's a lot of information that we're gonna skip over here but we started uh, we started seeing each other again. Things were, she, yeah, checked off the list. She wasn't in a relationship anymore. When we were dropping off the boys and picking them up, things were very nice. It was it was good to see her at that point. Um, it's kind of the fire started burning again, and uh, so we started seeing each other very quietly both come from very large families, and we didn't want the emotions wrapped up in breaking their hearts again uh, if it wasn't going to work out. So um, so down the line a little bit, um, we, Audrey came to me and said, we're not going any further until we get counseling, because she's strong and a very smart woman she is, where I mean it's like, hey, you know, we can do this again, you know, we've learned from all that. No, she she very much said, let's let's do counseling. So uh, we talked to Dan. He sent us a questionnaire, a very lengthy questionnaire, and we came in and met with Dan, and not far into it, he looked at me and said, you need counseling. Audrey's good. You need counseling, and more counseling than what I can give you. You need someone that can really help you. Um, Do you want me to keep yeah, going keep, on that, okay. Going. So um,
0: I want to minimize my time up here. Your <laughs> store is the awesome part.
1: So, um, I mean, I felt sick, literally sick to my stomach for two days, um, not like feeling like I had the flu. It was physical sickness in my stomach. Um, knowing that he was right, but not wanting to admit it. It's not fun having someone tell you that you need help. We're human it's not a fun thing um, so then I went back to Dan and I said okay let's get help but I don't want it to be anybody I know again in Mansfield Christian I knew a lot of counselors through that I didn't want I wanted a new slate to start over with someone and, and talk details um, so um, within probably three four weeks um, he got me in contact with uh, Joe Moll, Dan's father And if you don't know who joe is i'm sorry (laughs) he's an amazing man of god and has a true heart for the work of god Um, so we started meeting and uh, first thing he said when i walked in the door was i don't care what you tell me you can tell me anything you can lie to me i don't care and he said it's between you and god as honest as you are with god you're going to heal. You, know, you, need to, you need to be honest with God. Um, I'm just a tool in this process. Um, and that was a, a relief for me. Again, coming from people who wanted me to take the right steps and always trying to please them. It was like finally someone not caring. I needed that in my life. <laughs> Most people need people that care. I needed someone who didn't care that I could just tell them the whole story um, and, and know no judgment, but to just slowly walk through that process. So, well, because
0: Joe's emphasis was, you need to get right with God. Right. You need to you need to get your identity right with yep. God, yep. and that's what I think we made it so effective. We didn't even cross the bridge
1: of getting back with Audrey at that nope. point. It was, you need, you need God, <laughs> um, and uh, then it slowly. We, his thing was break down the walls that I built. Um, I, I didn't build the walls just to protect myself. I was. Built walls to protect people from me. Um, I just I wanted to be in a hole, <laughs> um, and uh, we started breaking down those walls. Um, me and my mom. I, I didn't have a good relationship with my mom through that two years. Um, and he said, "Well, how can you love Audrey if you can't even talk to your mom? She's she's a very important role woman in your life. You know, you need to break these walls down." And, you need to go talk to your mom. This isn't about my mom. <laughs> Come on. This is about Audrey. Um, so we worked on those things and me and mom built that relationship back. There's just so many walls that I built um, that we were tearing down. And, and one day, again, skipping forward a little bit, he looked at me and he said, You actually truly love Audrey.
2: I was like, Whoa,
1: easy with the love. <laughs> like, I'm not really ready for that. Um, and, uh, but I knew where he was coming from. I knew that we had reached those steps, and uh, it was not, not a short process of, hey, let's pray together and wipe, wipe clean. You're, you're healed. You know, go, go forth. It was a long process of a lot of healing, um, a lot of getting right with God, getting right with myself, getting right with those around me, um, and truly seeing God for his love for us.
0: Audrey, what was it like for you to watch this transformation happen in Kyle? You know, you give him this list almost thinking he's not going to even remember it. A year later, he comes back. He's like, look, I was serious about this. It took time. It took effort. There were hard days. As you're watching this transformation, what are you noticing is different in what God's doing in Kyle?
2: Um, Gosh, I think one of the biggest things, and you can hear it, is the humility that was there that wasn't there before in Kyle, you know, part of, you know, think high school junior and senior, part of what I was attracted to was he was kind of macho and like cocky, you know, and I thought that was, that was cool, right? Well, it's not as cool when you get to go down the road a little further and that turns into, I don't need help, you know, I got this, it's all me, it's not you, it's not God, I've got it. So we had gotten to that point and then, you know, just watching how he was being humbled over and over again and he was allowing me to go through the process of healing as well, without a million details, but you know, in that he was transparent. He was, he would let me say the things I needed to say because I needed to say them. I didn't need him to respond. I didn't need him to fix it. I didn't need him to, uh, to make an excuse for it. I just needed him to hear it and to accept that and say, I know, or I'm sorry, you know? And so those were the things that were happening over and over again. Um, watching, I mean, I'd call it a miracle, watching the miracle of the transformation of relationship after relationship because he was being humbled, because he was choosing humility and and recognizing that without God, you know, you can't do this. Um, so, I mean, he brought up his mom, but there's a million other relationships. And he said, I have a big family. He has a big family. Big families kind of protect each other. They stick together. I've got five sisters, and a brother, and a mom and a dad, and he had to acknowledge each one of them, and and he did. Um, You know, in all of this, um, back a ways, my dad went to be with Jesus very, very unexpectedly, like right in the heat of when things were the lowest of the low, 10 days between that and our divorce, you know, so for me, there was a whole level of grief here, and then there was all of this here. And so seeing how God was, like, just stripping away everything, what felt like everything. It wasn't really everything. I still had a whole lot, but it felt like everything at the time, you know. And, and watching then how Kyle was um, choosing to come back and to walk through that with me, um, with me under God was huge. And so just, I guess, going back to your actual question, what was it like, what was the kind of big stuff? The humility was huge, and, and the relationship healing process with me, but with a thousand other people um, was huge.
0: I love this. Thank you guys again. I'm just gonna keep saying that. I love pointing to what Jesus is doing. And so you go through the counseling, you get to the point of humility, and now you've got this marriage. And it's, it's a redemption and restoration of what was broken. And that wouldn't have taken place without that. You know, one of the things you said that I loved is you had to learn to be real in order to get the help you needed. And really what was holding you back was that pride. That pride of, I can figure out my marriage. I can figure out my walk with God. Um. And I promise, I'd actually, I sprung that last question on Audrey unfairly. I didn't tell her I was going to ask that. But just listening to them, I wanted to hear that perspective. I wanted you guys to hear what she's noticing in him. And I love that the first word that came to mind is humility. Right? How many times in that series on Jesus' life did we look at his lordship? And if we're not approaching Christ from a place of humility, we're missing the point entirely. If we're approaching Jesus with any sense of, Okay, it's mostly, you know, it's 90% about Jesus, but it's 10% about me. No, we've missed the point entirely. It took, it took God breaking down Kyle's pride for him to come before the Lord with humility and say, okay, God, I need you to transform me. I need you to change me. Part of that is going to be, I need to humble myself in front of the people that I've hurt, that I've wronged, in front of the relationships that need restoration. And that's, again, that's something that we looked at in that series on Jesus' life, is that he doesn't call us, to just feel bad about things. He doesn't just call us to say, oh, well, that's a bummer that that happened. We looked at repentance and now Jesus calls us to repentance, that act of turning from and turning to God and what God does with a repentant heart. And I, I mean, that's what we see here. We see people willing to come before the Lord and say, God, it needs to be about you now. And we see what God has done with that. And so it's just seeing you guys now, I didn't, I didn't know you before. But knowing you now is such a joy and a privilege to see that testimony. And so, the last thing I want to ask you and, and give you guys plenty of time to, you know, what would you say to people who are? And I've got some some quotes uh, that I can share with you. You know, Kyle, you said, and I want you to expand on these things. If you were talking to somebody who maybe their marriage is in trouble, or maybe their relationship with their father or their mother is in trouble, right? The parent-child relationship is fractured. Maybe the sibling relationship is fractured. Maybe a friend relationship is fractured. Someone who's looking at a fractured relationship or they're looking at this, I'm broken, right? Everything's been stripped away. I can't do this anymore. You talked about I'm exhausted. Maybe there's someone listening here, listening online, who just feels exhausted by life. And you said, don't try to do this alone and don't take it for granted. Expand on that. Like what what was that to you? I
1: guess my one piece of advice would be find people be open with them talk to them we hold so much inside and it's you can't do it on your own <laughs> you will fail you will crash and burn and I think that you especially as men the world tells us you know you gotta be macho you gotta you got to fight, fight, fight. Well, there's certain times to fight and there's certain times to be very humble and accept and accept help, accept love. God calls us to walk beside him. He will carry us when we need it. And uh, it's not bad to, to feel, to, to give that to him and say, hey, I need help and to talk to others because um, there's a lot of people that were there to help. It wasn't until I opened up and asked for that that there was change
0: God puts Um, people in our lives for a reason
1: yes and I've used our story many times with people and seeing the potential like if you guys can just stop fighting if you can just give it to God if you can just be humble you guys got it it's not that hard I mean it's very hard but it's not it's not and um, it's just getting over to that pride that um, to get to that humility and
0: yeah. yes. getting to that point of coming before Jesus and saying you're Lord yes. I'm not yes. Audrey same question for you what would you what would you say to someone dealing with fractured relationship or trying to bear it on their own
2: I think I'd go back to what I said at the beginning Our fight you know more of an eternal perspective I'm not fighting this person standing in front of me this is not my fight my fight is against Satan. We are in a battle. I mean, the Bible tells us that it's not a surprise. We know we were there. there, Nobody in the Bible that you know signed up and said, "Oh, then, then this is really easy." No, you know, we are following Christ, and it's hard. It's a battle. So remembering that in every relationship, marriage, and everything, that you know, our fight is bigger than this person standing in front of me. It's bigger than this little issue I'm upset about. Our fight is against the rulers of the darkness, and to come into it ready to go, to pray before you have those interactions. There were so many times when things were hard with us and not good that I, I'd be driving, knowing I'm gonna go see him, and like, okay, God, I need your shield. I need you in between us because I can't do this, and I need you to fight for me. I need your words to be my words. I can't, can't do this on my own. You have to do this for me, and he did. Um, you know, and so yeah, we get surprised by that, which is really silly because he tells us he will. Of course he will, you know, but i telling you he will. So you praying, putting on the armor of God before you go into a relationship, an altercation, conflict, anything, even when it's good, you know, just knowing that our fight is bigger than than what we see in front of us. Um, I think also, gosh, I'd say so many times we're, so afraid to be vulnerable. This is terrifying. Um, to be real with people. Hey, how are you? Well, I'm fine. Okay, are you? You know, find those people that you can open up to. And you don't have to share your life story with every person you meet. You don't have to share your struggles with every single person. But find those people. If you don't have those people, like, we'll be your people. Um, find somebody and, and be open with them. Be honest with them. Life is hard. Nobody has it together. That was so huge for me. For us and all of this, like we're the only ones. We are the only marriage that's struggling. What a lie! You know that's that is from the pit of hell. That is a lie. Every relationship struggles, and every person sins. We're imperfect. Nobody has it together. So, I guess you know, remembering your fight is bigger than this person in front of you. You're fighting for the kingdom of God, and also you're fighting against. You know the powers of hell, and then be real and find people that can, can meet you where you are, who can encourage you, who can love on you, and who can also pull you up when you need pulled up, and can you can do the same for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing is, it, it's an ongoing battle. Um, I mean, we've there's, a, with all the hurt that we had, um, I mean, there's still triggers uh, that we deal with sometimes that takes us right back to where. It was, and it's how you deal with it in that moment that is, I think, the ultimate change um, is how you deal with that. So um, it, even just watching certain shows together after we got you know married again, if there was an unfaithful spouse, I mean, it was just immediate, just like,, okay, like uncomfortable. you know, just those things that were very. In your face that you don't really notice unless you've been there, um, but it's an ongoing. I mean, how we handle things day to day. It's you catch yourself sometimes like, okay, I'm not going back to that person. I, I, you know, God help me now, not blowing up and then asking forgiveness. You know, there's certain things you can put in and just keep your mind on track um, of working constantly. It's work. Um, it's not all, all great all the time. I mean, we're human, and um, but it's amazing. It's amazing.
0: It's amazing when we get out of God's way. It's amazing when we submit to God. It's amazing when, like He said, right now we're we're humble enough to admit that we're not perfect and we're not flawed or flawless. Right, the start of the story was, we're gonna take it for granted. We can do it on our own. I'm good enough on my own. And then there was brokenness. And then Jesus stepped in. And Jesus redeemed, and Jesus restored, and Jesus transformed. And now, like he said, it's that relentless pursuit of Jesus. It's that every day, I'm gonna to submit to God. Every day, I'm gonna to seek to love my spouse, to honor my spouse. Every day, I'm gonna pursue his holiness and surrender to Him. It's what we're called to. Like they said, it's not easy, but like they said, God is good and He is working. And so I again want to thank you guys for sharing. Um, I asked their permission when we, we met earlier. If you want to talk to them about this, they're willing to talk to people. Like he said, find people. And like Audrey said, if you don't have people, let them be the people. Um, You know, one of my favorite verses about the body of Christ is Galatians 6, 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We can't bear each other's burdens if we don't know they're there. It's scary. It's terrifying to open up and to be real. But that's one of the beautiful reasons the body exists, is so that we can bear one another's burdens.